Pushkin. Chase for Business and iHeart bring you a new podcast series called The Unshakables. This one-of-a-kind series will shine the spotlight on small business owners like you, who faced a do-or-die moment that ultimately made their business what it is today. Learn more at chase.com slash business slash podcast. Chase, make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase and a member FDIC 2024 J.P. Morgan Chase and Co. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is Accelerating Innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count for your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm Sabrina Imbler, and I wrote, What Was She Thinking? An Investigation for Defector. And it's the story of the week. On a Friday morning in 2012, back when her husband was just the host of The Apprentice, Melania Trump went on Twitter and did something strange. Melania basically posts two categories of things. The vegetables that she almost exclusively eats and pictures of herself. But this was different. She tweeted a picture of a beluga whale. This thing's like a headshot for this blubbery, smiling whale with a mouthful of teeth and a heart full of love. And most bizarre of all, she wrote this caption that said, what is she thinking? The post became a huge meme because it was so off-brand, so bizarre, or maybe it was just a moment of genuine curiosity from an otherwise cryptic figure. Looking at it, we all couldn't help but ask, what was she thinking? Writing is hard, who's got that kind of time? When you're already busy trying to be Joe Stein So he turns on a mic, maybe twiddles a knob Calls a journalist friend who's got an actual job Auditory, single story, just listen to smart people speak Conversation filled with information, it's the story of Sabrina Imbler, who covers the Creature Beat for Defector Media, cracked open this 11-year-old cold case and tracked down the actual whale that Melania tweeted a picture of and got pretty close to figuring out what this whale might have been thinking the moment that photo was snapped. Sabrina Imbler, thank you so much for coming on. I think you're our first Creatures writer that we've had on the show. (laughs) 
That's how Bob Woodward started, right? Oh, I didn't know that. Did no, he was no. he was on the creature? Oh. No. Okay. I would have been deeply inspired. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I think more people should be on the creature beat. And there are a lot of creatures out there compared to even humans. We really yes. overcover humans. Absolutely. Okay. Why were you looking through old Melania Trump tweets? <laughs> this story actually came to me because one of my co-workers at Defector, Drew McGarry, who's a very funny guy, um, DM'd me and he said he wasn't high. So I'll take him at his word. (laughs) That's the first sign that someone's high. (laughs) Absolutely. He was like, hey, remember that Melania tweet? Like, what do beluga whales think about? And it was a really interesting question because I think, you know, the first time I saw that tweet, I was like, how funny, how surreal, like, why did Melania tweet that? But she really had her finger on the pulse of a, a question that a lot of scientists think about, yeah. which is and what do animals? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, and also probably just people who are high as well, <laughs> who can be philosophers Such too. a thin line between those two things. Absolutely. And I decided that it could be really fun to take this question and investigate it um, as seriously as I possibly could. Is there any chance that she uh, plagiarized this tweet from Michelle Obama? That is a very good question that I honestly should have incorporated into my investigation. (laughs) Okay, describe beluga whales. I actually didn't really know what they looked like until your story. They're not they're not whale sized. They're like bigger than a dolphin, but smaller than what I think of as a whale. And they're they're kind of a light color. They're very smooth. They're um, they have these kind of sparkly eyes and this uh, this hump in the front. Yeah. So belugas, they have a big, a big hump in the front, <laughs> kind of on their forehead, and it's called their melon, which is <laughs> so cute. And the melon at the front helps them uh, sense the world through echolocation, um, which is really helpful if you're living under vast sheets of ice, but you are a mammal that needs to breathe air. And oh. so they use their melon to sort of identify in the vast distance of the Arctic, um, places in the ice sheet where there are gaps um, where they can sort of come up to breathe. So it is a very crucial tool for their lifestyle. That seems insane now that you're saying it. Like they have to breathe like we do, but they're stuck underwater under ice. Like that's my nightmare. Absolutely. Yeah. It's not a point of panic at all, which is truly wild to me. (laughs) Terrifying to us, but for a beluga whale, like their whole world is sound and clicks and echolocation. So they're, again, not bothered, which, um, bless them, I, that is my nightmare, yeah. <laughs> trapped under icy water in infinite darkness. Again, this gets to what is she thinking? Because this <laughs> is the question that Melania is posing. And it's the same question this incredibly famous uh, philosophy essay called, What Is It Like to Be a Bat? that Thomas Nagel wrote in 1974 asks. And it, it's really attempting to solve what's now called like the hard problem of consciousness. Like, can you ever know what anyone besides yourself is thinking. And and he tries to get people to think about what it's like to be a bat. We could kind of like imagine what it's like to fly or not be able to see with our visual perception, but we don't know what that feels like, right? Like we can objectively know what they're doing, but that doesn't get us close to what it feels like to, to be that other being. Yeah, we can never know however much we learn about echolocation, about the way that they fly, about like what it is like to hang upside down for like a really long period right. of time or or eat bugs, like we'll just never know. And that's kind of what Melania was, was getting yeah. at, perhaps unknowingly. <laughs> I have no idea what goes on in her mind any more than a bat. So maybe, maybe she was having this deep thought, right? Maybe I, I better understand what it's like to be a bat than I do to be Melania Trump. <laughs> 
Um, so one of the first ways you went about trying to answer this question is to do that objective work of knowing what a beluga whale objectively, you know, what their life is like. So what did you find out that kind of helped you? Well, as I was writing this story, I was thinking a lot about the idea of an umlaut, which is like an, an individual animal or species um, perception of the world. And all of our umlauts are different. Um, as humans, like we uh, can rely on vision, but can we see ultraviolet light? Like, no. Like, can we perceive echolocation? No. And so we sort of have, we each have these slivers of the world that we're able to sense and perceive. And yeah, within a species even, like we all sort of are more tuned to different parts of that sliver. Some of us are blind, and so we rely more on hearing or other senses. What is the umwelt of a beluga whale? So the umwelt of a beluga whale is is primarily sound for being able to sense prey at a distance, being able to sense other beluga whales at a distance. Like they're very social. Hmm. Sometimes there will be aggregations of like thousands of belugas. And it's so loud because they're all calling to each other. They're all, you know, vocalizing. And what does it sound like when there's a bunch of beluga whales together? One of the researchers I spoke to, her name is Valeria Vergara, um, and she- That's a great name. Yeah, she's wow. uh, she's amazing. But she was basically like, it feels like you're walking in a jungle with like thousands of birds that are all calling. Like it's oh. just a cacophony. Like it's so, so loud. And they have individual names that, that they respond to or that they, how does that work? Yeah. So that's another thing that I learned. So names are pretty rare in the animal kingdom. Um, like we obviously- have our own name um, and to sort of communicate with us, other people will call out our name. Like Valeria Vergara, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Some animals like bottlenose dolphins and um, perhaps belugas, like Valeria is still working on this research, but it has been confirmed in bottlenose dolphins that they have sort of signature whistles. So to announce themselves, they'll like vocalize their signature whistle. And then everyone who hears that will be like, oh, that's that specific dolphin, not just like, oh, that's a dolphin. And so this sort of helps beluga whales understand who's around them. It's very sophisticated. Okay. But Melania is not asking about beluga whales in general. She's asking about this beluga whale at this very moment. So how do you possibly go about answering that? So I reverse image searched uh, the photo that she tweeted. And so that actually came up with this German news site called Der Spiegel. Oh, Der Spiegel is like the, uh, is like the Time magazine of uh, Germany. Oh, okay. Amazing. So I had not heard of them before <laughs> this investigation. Um, but it was basically like, did you know that the U.S. Navy like uses marine mammals as spies? There's so many shocking things you just told me. But <laughs> per perhaps the biggest is that Melania Trump is reading Der Spiegel. I mean, if it's the Time magazine of Germany, like, good on her. So she's reading Der Spiegel while her husband's, you know, taping The Apprentice. And mm -hmm. she runs across this fascinating story. Did you know that militaries employ, like, sea mammals? I did know that they had used dolphins, but I didn't know that they had used beluga whales. So when our, we talk about the military budget, this this explains <laughs> it. Yeah, I mean, it's enormous. It's enormous. A lot of a lot of animal science is actually funded by the Department of Defense, um, which is a weird truth that I think about every day. Oh, this is crazy. So, of course, now you need to call the Navy. And I do need to call the Navy. Well. Yeah. yeah, I emailed a wonderful spokesperson named Darian Wilson, and I said, hello, <laughs> um, I'm a serious reporter <laughs> working <laughs> on a story about beluga whales. Do you recognize this beluga whale? <laughs> Within a day, Darian, bless his heart, responds, yes, 
It was incredible. When we come back, we'll find out how this particular beluga whale decided to enlist with the U.S. Navy. But first, our advertisers are going to tempt you with an exotic vacation to go whaling. Wait, this can't be right. They must mean whale watching. No, it says whaling. You can find inspiring stories almost anywhere. For instance, check out the co-founders of Girls Who Do Interiors. This Miami-based design company was started by three friends when they were still in school. And right from the start, they turned to Chase for Business for everything from banking and payment acceptance to credit cards. And they handled them all in one place with the Chase mobile app. It's so important to have that kind of help when you're just starting out. Learn more at chaseforbusiness.com. Make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank, N.A. member FDIC. Hello, hello. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. Let me tell you an unconventional story about a healthcare group that wanted to improve their efficiency. Boston Children's Hospital. They were already a leading pediatric facility. Their patient outcomes, workflows, and delivery of care were already great. But they wondered, how can we make it better? So the hospital got to work. Their idea was to build what they called clinical mobility, meaning a system which would allow their staff to access information and interact with patients on mobile devices anywhere in the hospital. And what made that possible? 5G. The hospital rebuilt their entire system with 5G technology at its core. That infrastructure now supports thousands of phones and tablets so practitioners can communicate with patients on a whole new level. Boston Children's also made sure the system could flex and scale to handle medical advancements like robotic surgery and virtual reality for training and research. This was worlds away from how they had previously operated. This innovative work hasn't gone unnoticed, first by patients, but also by their peers. Boston Children's was a first place winner in the industry category at last year's unconventional awards from T-Mobile for Business, an event that celebrates customers who've dared to innovate for the sake of innovation. If the Boston Children's story rings a bell with you, if your team has asked the same questions about building a better business solution, I encourage you to enter this year's awards. It's a great way to be recognized for smart, disruptive thinking in front of some of your industry's most influential leaders. You can enter at tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. That's tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. I'll save you a seat. Musora is your access to online music lessons for guitar, piano, drums, and singing. This is your chance to reignite some old musical passions or pick up an instrument for the first time. Connect with more than 100 of the world's best teachers and musicians. You'll get seven days totally free to try it out. And then it's just $30 a month, less than a single private lesson. I mean, why do we do Broken Record? Not just because we love hearing from great musicians. We do it because we think that there is something beautiful about the appreciation of music. Don't you think we need more of that in our lives these days? That's the mission 
of Musora to inspire, educate, and connect musicians. Enjoy unlimited personal support, weekly live streams, student lesson plans. It's like having a personal music teacher, only much, much better. Just go to musora.com, M-U-S-O-R-A.com, to start a new musical journey today. So once you found out that this whale was part of the Navy Marine Mammal Program, you actually found this specific whale in the picture that Melania tweeted. Yes, Darian, the spokesperson for this program, responds. And he wow. says, that's a picture of our Navy male beluga whale, Noceum, also known as Noce. Why Noce? The researchers nicknamed him um, Noce after these biting midges called Noceums, because um, I think they're really small and they bite you. Yeah, yeah they're, they're in Florida. <laughs> Noce was one of six beluga whales that were captured legally in 1977 off the coast of Manitoba. Um, and this was a time in the U.S. Uh, Navy Marine Mammal Program where they were trying to experiment to see like what what sea creatures work well Um not as spies, but as, you know, as troops. I definitely do not know. What do you mean as troops? So like they were working with bottlenose dolphins to do like mine detection and recover torpedoes. And if you have the power of echolocation, like you, you are so good at finding those things in a way that our human technology has yet to catch up with. I also learned like they worked with sea lions. They tried to work with sea turtles. And sort of after this period, they sort of winnowed down (laughs) the marine animals that they were interested in working with. Oh, okay. Now, did Nosey do a good job as a troop? (laughs) So it seems like he did. Um, Although the Navy eventually stopped working with beluga whales because I think they were just kind of too big and like it was easier to work with dolphins, uh, which were smaller. Wait, they fat shamed Nosy? Yeah, yeah. Ugh. They're truly powerful and also blubbery creatures in a way that is, it's astounding. And Nosy, I hope, was was proud <laughs> of his heft. Anyway, so he he worked as a troop for a little bit and they sort of transitioned him into just research studies um, because obviously like, Beluga whales are really hard to study in the wild. And so a lot of our knowledge comes from captive whales. They sent him on a couple of missions, like, how deep can you die? And they like put a little (laughs) tag on him. Um, None of the studies around him were super consequential, um, except for this one paper that came out long after his death. Um, Wait, Nosey's dead? Unfortunately. (laughs) Nosey did die, unfortunately, of meningitis in 1999. Um, I think Nosey was 23, and in the wild, beluga whales live to like 50, um, 60, 70 years old. But Nosey kind of became famous after his death um, because there was a paper that came out in this journal, Current Biology, in 2012, where the researchers who worked with him published a series of vocalizations that he had made while he was in a tank. And the vocalizations, the researchers realized, sounded like Nosey was trying to talk like a person. They did not sound like any other beluga whale vocalization and sort of mimicked like the pitch and rhythm of human voices to the extent that like he was in his tank um, kind of swimming around and there was a diver in with him and the diver heard someone say, get out of the tank. And so he like surfaced, but there was no person around. It was just him and Nosy. Wait, you're saying that the beluga whale said in English, get out of the tank. I think he just sort of, the way that he was mimicking human voice, like it just sounded human. We actually have 
audio of Nosy Talking, which you published in your piece. Um, do you want to listen to it with me and we could determine how human we think it sounds? I would love that. <laughs> There's a lot of kazoo going on for sure. Absolutely. I mean, it makes me think of like, I don't know, like a hot dog barker at like a sports oh. game of someone, oh. you know, trying to speak above the noise of being like, rah, 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 get your hot dogs here, get your hot dogs. <laughs> that is what it sounds like. But it also sounds like a little bit of making fun of humans. Yes, it does. So that's not what beluga whales normally sound like. But that is what no see sounded like when he was doing his human voice. But it's it's wild. They're very good mimics. Wow. So you think Nosy is either imitating or mocking or both uh, the humans that Nosy's dealing with? So it, it seemed clear that Nosy was trying to mimic a human. Um, he lived in a tank with a couple of other dolphins and other beluga whales, but he never made these sounds when it was just them. He only made these sounds like when there were people present, but they don't know like why Nosy was trying to do this if, you know, he was trying to build connection or make fun of us or communicate with us. Like that, again, is just kind of unknowable. But it was just this wild period of his life where he did his human voice. Um, he did it for about seven years. And then he, I think, became sexually mature and stopped making the human voice. That's what guys do. <laughs> he had other things to think about. Boys basically stop talking at puberty. <laughs> Why, why do you think Nosy was doing this? Because this is the central question. Like, mm -hmm. what was he thinking? So, so he's speaking in human. Like, what do you think was going on in his head at that moment? Yeah, I mean, it's just a very different life. And we can guess and speculate, like, maybe he was lonely. Like, maybe he was seeking some kind of connection. Like, probably he was bored, you know, just to live in a small enclosure for his whole life. And like, I can't help but speculate that he was looking for something to do. But again, that's just what I think. Yeah. Ugh. So how did you feel when you found out that this beluga whale that you've been tracking and thinking about is has been dead all this time? <laughs> it was incredibly depressing. <laughs> I was just, <laughs> I was sad. I was bummed. And I was also frustrated by the idea that like most of what we know about this whale is him trying to mimic us. And it is absolutely like an innovation of sorts that he was able to do that. But it didn't really feel to me like I was learning anything about the whale himself um, and the things that he was interested in and like the things that he did. But then I came across this paper that was published after Nosy died when the researchers who worked with him noticed Nosy and two other belugas like in their oceanic enclosure in the San Diego Bay, um, right under the light of like a floodlight on the dock. And mm. when you have light, a lot of plankton will come to it um, in the ocean and then the fish will come to eat those plankton. So there was like this kind of feeding frenzy that was happening between these schools of anchovies feeding on plankton that were attracted to the light. And Nosy and um, this other beluga whale who was also in this netted enclosure ate like the entire school of anchovies. Like the researchers were like, at the end of the hour, there are no more anchovies left. And they had just basically been eating anchovies for like a full hour. And 
the researchers who were observing this dropped a hydrophone, which can record sounds in the ocean. And they heard this distinctive noise, basically like a high-pitched uh, buzzing noise, which is also called a victory squeal. And so it sounded almost like they were like celebrating. And I think that was where I was like, I think I found this little glimpse into Nosi's life that I wanted to have that wasn't related to the Navy or to humans or to whatever, just like a moment of perhaps joy. But again, I I can't say if it was joy. <laughs> but if I know anything from, from reporting in Vegas, like an hour after the all-you-can-eat buffet, Nosi's not so happy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, those are dark yeah. times. <laughs> so this original question you asked, what is this beluga whale thinking? Does it make you sad that in the end you just don't know? Because it, it, it kind of implies that we can't know what it's like to be anyone else, not our spouses, not our children. It, it's a really lonely conclusion that Nagel comes to in his bad essay and that you come to in yours. Oh, I, I really don't find it um, depressing or lonely at all. Like I really, I think just reporting on creatures and spending a lot of time with creatures who are so strange and so different from me, like I find so much beauty in that strangeness and that difference. And I think there's something sacred about that that space between us. But I don't know, like I, I think it would be overwhelming <laughs> to experience every creature's yeah. like experience on earth, right? Like there are fish in the deep sea that like live in temperatures close to freezing and that's fine for them. But it's like, I don't know, like I like to learn about that. I don't need to, I don't need to be there <laughs> with them. Or, the, or those creatures that are right on the thermal hot springs deep under the water, which is basically like living in the Earth's core. Nor nor do I want that life. Um, but yeah. I respect it. And like, I find it so incredible that there are so many ways of living and being on this Earth. I'll never know what it's like to be a beluga whale, but I'll also like never know what it's like to be another person. And I don't know, I guess I just, I'm thinking about a lot of these things being like a trans journalist and sort of thinking about objectivity and fighting for different modes of how that can exist. Um, and I'm happy that this is making people think both about belugas, but also about the experiences of people who are different from them. Wait, do you think being trans like affects your desire to look into how creatures think? Um, I mean, insects are like a great model, right, for bodily change and metamorphosis. I wish that the medical institutions that we have would make those changes like more accessible to everyone. Um, I guess I haven't really thought about like whether being trans specifically makes me interested in creatures, but I think I am interested in the ways that people sort of are quick to call certain organisms like strange or weird or bizarre um, and use that same language to describe different groups of people. Sabrina Imbler, Thank you so much for answering all my questions, as dumb as they were, about beluga whales and Melania Trump and for writing these awesome stories that everyone should read. Thank you so much for having me, Joel. And if I've learned anything from this story, it's the fact that no questions are dumb questions. Occasionally, and, and just for a moment, I will stop talking. This apparently concerns my lovely wife, Cassandra, so much that as soon as it happens, she often asks me, what are you thinking about? Oh, this is a horrible question. It feels more invasive than asking someone what kind of porn they watch. We can only exist in a society if we're all ignorant about what each other's thinking. Or worse, how little they think about us. So let me be the first podcast host in history to ask you not to post reviews of this show on Apple Podcasts. Keep it to yourself.
but you can still give us five stars. It, it really helps. At the end of the show, what's next for Joel Stein? Maybe he'll take a nap or poke around online. Our show is produced by Joey Fishground, Mola Board, and Nisha Venkut. It was edited by Lydia Jean Cop. Our engineer is Amanda K. Wang, and our executive producer is Catherine Sheradeau. Our theme song was produced by Jonathan Colton. A special thanks to my voice coach, Vicki Merrick, and my consulting producer, Lauren Zelaznik. To find more Pushkin podcasts, listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Joel Stein, and this is Story of the Week. So many creatures rely on the stars to navigate. Like I just published a story about dung beetles and dung beetles. um, There's one species that is nocturnal and they use the Milky Way to navigate where to roll their dung to. Isn't that amazing? That's not true. (laughs) It's incredible. That's the thing about being a creatures reporter. You can make up anything. Beetles use the Milky Way to bury their dung. Like you just make stuff up. No one knows. (laughs) We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Are the old world picturesque shores of Europe calling you? Set sail on an adventure with Avalon Waterways. Enjoy an elevated cruising experience. Avalon Waterways offers smaller ships, bigger experiences with fewer people and more of, well, everything good about river cruising. Don't just dream about quaint towns and cobblestone villages. See them for yourself and make lasting memories. Discover limited time offers today at avalonwaterways.com. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids' playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe Ventilation System exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe Ventilation System. You can get it installed, or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today.